0: Welcome to Impossible Podcasts, as we discuss Merlin, Series 4. I'm Kerber Bridge.
1: I'm Olivia
2: Fockshaw. I'm Sarah Burrow. Hey, so, the three of us have all been watching Merlin, the series, that's right, is this it? Yep,
1: yep. (laughs) (laughs) We do about forty-five minutes
0: ago. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, and Olivia and I did the King Arthur in the nineteenth and twentieth centuries um, module uh, on the English Literature MA so we can bring our extra Arthurian geek knowledge to bear on the subject. So, uh, what would you say is your take on on Merlin, the first few series? Have you've been watching it all along, or uh, are you a newcomer to the show? What's what's your attitude to it mean?
1: I I watched Merlin since it started. Um, well, it must have been ages ago now. Um, <laughs> quite quite some time ago. Um, I I think that this series has really stepped up in terms of writing. And um, the the way that the direction that they're taking the story, Sarah, how long have you been watching? Um, I have been watching since the beginning, which out of interest is two thousand and eight when it started. Um, yeah, I've quite enjoyed it. I think I've pretty much watched it um, all the right, way from the beginning. I've probably missed the, the odd episode too, but um, I quite liked it. it was um, I found it much better certainly than the um, the remake of Robin Hood. <laughs> Not hard. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, it was you know set out with the same idea, didn't it? It was independent production companies remaking it but I think the guys at shine limited did much better with Merlin than they did with uh, Robin Hood and uh, so yeah I have been watching it from the beginning Um, I do think you're right Olivia I think the latest series has certainly got a lot better Um, I've really enjoyed I think I've only missed the one I think Um, but really enjoyed what they've done with this series I think they've been a lot braver yeah Caleb I've been
0: watching it off and on since the start I watched the uh, first few episodes. I, I think I did end up, uh, what, catching most of the first series in the end. And then I've kind of dipped in and out, particularly for the, uh, beginning and end of the series, just to see how it's getting on. And it's one of those shows that is a bit of a guilty pleasure, because, uh, I find it quite, it's often quite dumb, uh, but it's entertainingly. Uh, and good naturedly stupid. <laughs> but that said, I have for this series has definitely been a step up in terms of the storytelling. Uh, and though, um, in some ways, it's one of those shows I. Um, like to watch in order to shout things at the screen and to work out all the ways in which it would be so much better if uh, I was in charge of it, see also Torchwood. Um, That's
1: not hard with Torchwood, is
0: it? No, but uh, I've I've got a similar sort of, I probably like it more than Torchwood in in general but a similar sort of sense of ongoing this could be better than it is but i still keep watching in the hope that it will get better but it has got better so hey no no i think
1: i still found torchwood worse
2: the only reason i was watching torchwood was because you guys were podcasting on it that was the only reason i I was referring to merlin in terms of it getting well Torchwood did get better with children of earth merlin has got better
1: Yeah. no i mean the um the watching it hoping it's going to get better. I given it a long <laughs> time ago. But um, no I think it I don't think it tries to be anything it, it, it's not. I think it does what it does very well. Um I quite enjoyed it. I um I thought that the the writing really stepped up this uh series and I, I thought that they're finally um taking some risks. Um spoilers uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But when Uther dies and Arthur finally ascends to the throne, I thought that was a really uh, brave yeah, they've been threatening to kill Uther for a while now, haven't they? Yeah, I I'm glad that they finally did it. And then sort of um, it's it's, it's been stagnant. The program has been stagnant for about three series now, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that there's been no indication of time passing except um, in the last two series, I've Morgana was evil, um, yeah. which just actually seemed to have that much of, a, of an effect on what was going on. No, I wasn't really. Uh, just thinking about I have, I will admit, I have just watched the finale this evening. But I have, can't say I've been much fussed with Morgana. Um, I I really liked her in this series, but I I didn't like what they did with her, what they did with her character in terms of um, kind of the way it looked when she had magic, but it had to be repressed. Yeah. Um, I think they just uh, they just had a hidden away somewhere, working through sort of puppets and such. And yeah. She wasn't she just wasn't quite so. And and you wanted her to sort of I mean she did betray a few of her allies, but not nearly all of them. I, I think they, uh,
2: in terms of having her turn evil, she sort of disappeared off for a year in between series, uh, in which point she was brought over entirely to the dark side by her half-sister Morgau's. Um, and I think, um, although her feeling betrayed that sort of made her change partly understandable, by the time she came back she was smirking at the screen and willing to... uh of the tray and bump off all of her old uh, friends without a qualm and it just felt that they didn't um, bridge that character development as well as they could have done uh, you sort of didn't see the intermediate stages between feeling disillusioned and being evil. Yeah you very very quickly lost any sympathy for
1: really. I did feel in the first couple of seasons it was kind of like well um, <laughs> what, Why is Morgana turning evil? Because the book says that she must. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, as also the only other person that we see a lot with magic, I've, I, I've kind of found the way that the, the show treats her in. Because Merlin's magic has to be is, is celebrated and something that sort of makes it a hero, but Morgana's magic makes her evil and has to be repressed. And even the, the others we had, the few other characters we did see with magic, were treated in the same way by Merlin. Yeah, you know, I just he, thought he attempted to help them. I just thought you could probably write an interesting essay on on the sort of the gender representations there. But that's all I'm going
0: to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I take your point, but I I think it makes sense to have. Yeah, I guess they could have made a bit more, added a little more light and shade to the contrast and parallel between the two of them. Um, yeah. and i mean it is a kids show saturday tea time and so not expecting great depth and sophistication but uh sometimes it does veer towards the somewhat overly simplistic like um aggravate Uh, this series he seemed to be contractually obliged to do at least one evil thing per episode just so you didn't forget he was the traitor even if it made no sense whatsoever in the context of the
2: story
1: and he was uh, just to repeat what was happening wasn't he because that's that's what he played when every time he went back to Morgana to explain you know it was just it was a way of telling the audience this is what's happening um and you're like we know he's bad we know he's galloping off to the forest to meet her every time. Um, I don't think we need quite so many reminders. I do not wonder why Arthur trusted him at all. Because it'd be like, so what do you think, Agravane, my trusted right-hand man, is mm. your wardrobe consisting entirely of black clothes? Like? Yes. And they didn't, they didn't suspect, um, Lancelot when he came back to wearing entirely <laughs> <highly laughs> black. And you smirked. It's just if you're wearing well. entirely black. Yes. You know, question, well. There are pictures. Um, I had so many questions about episodes, not the least of which was, what were Morgana's priorities? She had a, she had a Lancelot of her own. Yeah. know. not bother Camelot. I didn't, I didn't particularly like that episode. You know, it was just another one where it, they did it quite a few times, where Morgana found someone she could use against Arthur and sent them back to Camelot to work against Arthur, and it, you know... I mean, I suppose at least this way it works, where before, obviously, Merlin generally foiled the class.
2: I, I think coming back to the improvement in storytelling, one of the things that worked better in this series was that uh, there were changes going on. There was the throughout the Merlin is a show where one of its recurring problems has been a unwillingness to change the status quo, that uh, you get to the end of the episode and Merlin does some magic, nobody notices, yeah. uh, nothing really changes, everything gets put back to normal but there's been far more uh, significant changes such as in the development of the relationship between Arthur and Gwen uh, that have changed and developed and haven't been just conveniently put back at the end of the episode and that's been really good and Mm -hmm. that's made it a lot more engaging and uh, that's one of the reasons why this series I've uh, watched it all the way through, I've been tuning in for each episode.
1: I think, um, and we've mentioned it on a couple podcasts discussing various things. I'm really glad that they were brave enough to kill people. And I'm aware I'm possibly channeling Swithin and James here, but they actually kill characters. We had a fight sequence in the final episode where people died. You know, we didn't have this whole fight sequence where the bad guys died, but miraculously, all of the good sides, you know, managed not to die. They may have got a few injuries, but didn't die. But you actually had characters die, and then obviously earlier in the series they actually killed off Ufer. Finally, they were actually brave enough to kill people.
0: <laughs> Although, that said, I think they could have been a lot bolder with this series if, at the end of series three, Arthur hadn't taken the king kingdom back At the end of the series, but you had the founding of the round table and Arthur beginning to gather his knights together in exile as the setup for this series. It's, it's, I think the thing, part of one of the things with the character of Agravain is that basically you had the same setup as last series. You've got evil female magician on the outside uh, with her agent on the inside, uh, who's the traitor trying to um, bring Camelot down from within. It's just that you've moved the characters around so Morgana's taken the place of Morgause, and you've got Agravain to fill the role that Morgana had, so in that way it was something of a retread structurally of um, the previous series. Now they did shake uh, other things up, but I think it would have been a really interesting and much more dramatic way for Arthur to uh, eventually reach the throne if, instead of just uh, "Oh, the king's dead," "Oh, now you're king." If Morgana had held on to Camelot, and you'd have the complete role reversal of having Arthur being the one on the outside plotting to take over Camelot, and that could, and you could have spread out bringing back all the different knights over the course of the series as he gathered his um, supporters and uh, gathered a plan, and I think that would have been a really interesting and bold change of dynamic.
1: you're right, having. Seen the bits with, with um, Merlin and Arthur in exile in the, in the you know the finale. Uh, it would have been really interesting to see that extended. Um, I think it would have been obviously you know they do the big thing is that he brings everyone back together with pulling Excalibur out the stone you know and it's all very condensed into you know a few what you know a ten minute section or whatever isn't it? But it would have been quite quite nice to see him meet, like meeting more of the people of Camelot. You know, like obviously meets the smugglers, doesn't he? Tristan is old, but um, it would have been quite nice to see that actually. But then some of the things that they were exploring with the idea of Arthur sort of assuming the throne were sort of ideas of kingship and responsibility that you don't often get in a programme of this type, which I thought was quite interesting. Just thinking about sort of Arthur's sort of constant anxiety about whether whether he's a good king and not sort of not even the same as his father. Yeah. Terrible king. But maintaining a continuity and still moving forward, which I thought was was not what you normally get in the Saturday. I think it allowed the show to evolve somewhat.
2: I do think it's uh, still a bit too wedded to uh, its own format, and uh, I have def- I think. I still feel that although it's gone some bite to it, that this series, it could push that even further in terms of being willing to shake things up and to really take a, a very different story. I have got so. concerns
1: that, obviously, we don't see Morgana die, do we? So, evidently
2: <laughs> No,
1: evidently she, you know, will be back in, in the series um, you know, later, later this year. But I'm just hoping that they don't, they do try and change the format of it. Because otherwise, if we have this you know, this format of um, Morgana on the outside trying to sort of plot her away, back in, apparently with a dragon, I would assume. Spoilers. Um, I'm just hoping that they try and do something a bit new, otherwise yeah. it, it could feel very repetitive. I almost wish, and obviously I know it wouldn't necessarily fit with you know, their, their tenuous grip on the existing story of um, Arthur, but I almost wish that we had seen the die, um, and that they were forced to do something completely new with the next series. I don't, I don't, I don't have any suggestions as to what that could be. Um, but it, when that sort of ceiling collapsed, you went that up, oh, She's getting away. She'll be back next series. But who knows? They might do something really different. I might be pleasantly shocked. But uh, um, I did think that they may have killed one of on the knights. But the knights did all make it, didn't they? Um, oh, and if anyone, when they, when you listen to our was, what was it, our podcast on... Sherlock? The 11th, no, The Eleventh Hour. Eleventh Hour. Um, f- talking about Jeff, he's in Merlin. As Sir Percival, I've managed to find out his name now. Yes, the big early knight that doesn't manage to get chain mail it. We managed to find out his name that we couldn't remember while we were podcasting. <laughs> 11th hour. I was creepy in the Larmier episode. Yeah, well, they were all a bit creepy in that, weren't they? I didn't think that episode was particularly good, or particularly relevant, really, either. I don't no, but I want to say something good about Merlin <laughs> uh, So, um, one of the things I really love about Merlin um, And this is going to sound like damning with faint praise <laughs> I, It's beautifully shot I find I find its use of, um, of colour and light and framing And the um, way that, for example, Morgana's really strongly identified with green And Arthur's really strongly identified with red Yeah um, I find that really just really really nice to watch. Really, yeah, they do. Um, it's funny they do actually use some of the bolder colours as well. Um, and it's quite nice just how colourful it, it all is, actually. Yeah, it's it really is. Um, it's it's really nice to watch and to see in a show as well. I think Doctor Who does it a bit, especially for things like the Christmas specials. But um, I think they do it in more sort of muted, commentary, yeah. Whereas this one, it, it, certainly when you're Scenes in Camelot, you do get a lot of the very rich sort of regal colours, um, and they do use them really well, um, like particularly like the reds and particularly you know, sort of red and purple really. And then obviously yeah, you get more Ghana in the in the traditional sort of blacks and, and greens and things. Don't you? I mean they do have a, a, the one thing we've <laughs> touched on before, the very obvious: you're wearing black, you're evil. <laughs> and she does. Um, I noticed there was one particular scene where she's walking down one of. The, Morgana's walking down one of the corridors in in Camelot, sort of killing people as she's going along. Um, she looks li- uh, really, really similar to um Helena Bonham Carter playing oh Belatrix Strange. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, <can't laughs> I, just believe. I Just forgot that name. No. Yeah, playing is Strange. She has a very similar presence and a very similar um look for one thing as well, which I think is a big compliment for um Katie Katie uh, Katie McGrath. Um. Because I think Helen Monacasa particularly is a is a phenomenal actress, um, and I think it's you know it's high praise that she able to, she's got that presence in this series really. I think she's been really good as uh, Morgana this series definitely. She she appears to be having a lot of a lot of fun being a villain, and uh, I I do think that when when you take it sort of as as a program for children it's it's a very high quality. Yeah, I mean I think. And the acting as well, I think they're better. I mean, the, the core cast are all, have all been really good this series. Um, I mean, the scenes between um, Bradley James and Angel Colby for, um, as Arthur and Gwen particularly, you know, they've handled those scenes very well. Um, and then between the two, leads, and Colin and Morgan and Bradley James playing Arthur and Merlin, um, I mean, they have sort of, they've managed to handle sort of the really... Emotional scenes and obviously the the typical sort of comedy scenes um, and I think they handle two of them really well. I, I especially enjoyed the scenes after Uther's death when uh, uh, Arthur is sort of sitting outside the uh, the church uh, and uh, then Merlin comes up to him. I thought that that those, those scenes were really good. Although, what religion are they in Camelot? I have no idea. I don't know. They very specifically avoid mentioning. I, my theory was it was a cult of personality based on his <laughs> <laughs> after he died, I don't know. No. What would it have been historically? Uh historically they would have been a uh, Christian thing. Well that's I mean that's the assumption I would have made.
2: But um they're they're not.
1: I mean there's, there's no religious imagery at all no. in, in their church. And their weddings are conducted in the in the main hall where the coronations are and um the person who, who crowns Arthur and conducts the services is Geoffrey um, Monmouth, who as far as I know, wasn't mm-hmm. in, or isn't in this series anyway. No, uh, it must be. It must have been a conscious decision yeah. on the programme to avoid. Which I don't think is is necess- particularly necessary. I mean, most um, dramas of this time period would, would still have them as well, I guess it's because this isn't taking place in medieval Britain at all, is it? It's taking place in, in Albion. The Yeah, I can't say that it. it, actually. It, I just have these weird, niggling questions when I watch Merlin, like, who taught Merlin how to read? <laughs> it just bothers me. I think at one point Gwen reads as well, and she definitely <laughs> shouldn't know how. I do like what they did with Gwen this season. This I just love Gwen. She's my favourite character, I think. I, I really like, um, uh, Angel Colby is a very, very good actress, and. Yeah, very good. Um, when she's, even when she's not got a lot to do, she, she brings a good sort of presence to the role. I'm glad they and gave her more, this series. She really came into her own, this series, you know, and she, uh, you know, and um she just got a lot more to do, really, didn't she? I mean, not just the, she got a lot more fighting to do, but, I mean, obviously there's various scenes of her not wearing great deal running through a forest for a lot of it towards the end but uh, and, and on the subject of casting actually there's been um, quite a strong supporting cast um, and guest guest actors isn't there there were quite a few in, in a lot of the episodes quite big names really yeah it's been um, <laughs> big names that I can't remember off the top of my head now <laughs> no I'm trying to think I can't think of any of them currently but you know it's, it's probably not quite the same kind as got to who but it's a similar sort of it does attract a similar sort of calibre of actor. You're talking you had Charles Dance was in it, um Mackenzie Crook again, these are Tom Ellis, obviously, you know, I mean not necessarily not supporting Casper but sure Richard Wilson obviously playing guys Yeah, I, I, I reckon Bad's gonna be the next one to die. Well again, it's very similar to Uther, they've threatened to kill him so many times. I am. Um, I, I I kind of do hope that they kill him off. Not that I have anything in particular against Gaius no. But I, I think it'd be interesting to see Merlin try and cope on his own mm. and sort of, I think Gaius has done all the preparing that he can easily do. Yeah, I mean I don't think there's really ESN for me and I think certainly towards the end of this, at, on a couple of occasions, um, Gaius just turns around and says, Well, I can't do anything you do and yeah. I think that's
2: a sign that, you know, I
1: think Merlin can do this now. But, oh, of course, we're getting Amelia Fox, who plays, uh, and Michelle Ryan in the earlier series. Well, I suppose its role is sort of the, uh, the, the the, sort of the substitute for Doctor Who in the off-season. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of wonder if maybe this sucking up of Merlin's game is in a response to how people have been critically receiving Doctor Who better, uh, since Stephen Moffat took over. Maybe. I, I'm, that's just an idea, if in my head. Um, <laughs> that's what we're here to discuss. Isn't it? <laughs> Unqualified opinions. We tend to make these things up as we go along. But I really enjoy the series. I mean, I don't necessarily watch it week in week out when it's on, obviously, because I'm just watch the, watched the, the uh, finale tonight. But it's good fun. I, I, I like the, the dynamic between the cast, particularly between Bradley Jones and Colin Morgan. I think the two of them handle particularly the comedy particularly well. Which, if you watch anything of the two, you know the actual two actors in real life, um, in in a lot of the backstage stuff they've done and things, um, it does stem from the fact that they actually get on incredibly well, um, which I'm sure makes it much easier to do those those scenes. Really, I agree. I think their dynamic is is really great, and um, part of the joy of the program when it's really good is is watching these two actors play off each other. Yeah, you wonder how much of it's scripted and how much yeah. they just play off each other because they do embody their characters. Ne- it, you know, you never really think, oh, hang on a minute, that doesn't really fit, you know. Yeah, they um, not a lot of notes, but uh, yeah, I, I, I watch it fairly consistently. I mean, I, I don't always really give it my full attention. No, <laughs> but um, it it is uh, a good program. I mean. But for what it is, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be Robin Hood. I was going to say, yeah, see, Robin Hood. <laughs> um, oh. And I just don't think it attempts to be anything, you know, anything else really. I think it attempts to be, it does very well. As I said before, and I think uh, it's enjoyed the program. It's obviously getting the figures. And as far as retellings of the Arthur legend go, I, I I think it's fine. I I mean, you would know more than more than me about you know, sort of the original legends anyway, but I mean, it it never really it never really bothers me in these sorts of problems that they don't stick to it entirely. Okay. But I mean I mean how badly does it do or how well does it do? It deviates quite strongly from the legend, um, obviously in the fact that they 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 didn't meet when they were, you know, teenagers in yeah. the and, and um uh, Arthur slept with Morgana and Mordred is, is his uh, son not some random druid and so you know there's obviously something things happily about because it was because it's a family in time sort of mm-hmm. show um, I know I mean I know vague bits of it and um, but I think it probably makes it easier for me not knowing but, uh, uh, me, but. it's um, it's, well, it's sometimes it's nice to sort of recognise little bits of it and um the spells of being in Old English is a nice bonus it's a nice touch actually because I mean I have to say I've watched Quite a lot of things that involve, you know, people having to, to come up with, you know, forms of um, of spell casting and things. And it's a nice, it's a nice way. And I think Colin Morgan carries it off very well. Um, well, I suppose Anne's the McGrath. I suppose she does use the same. And it, it was taught up by a, was it a college professor, a university professor. I didn't know that. I I I think it's really sort of. I think that's really, really cool. It's a nice touch, and uh, it, it does I annoy my family a bit. They're like, I know that word. I know what she just said. Yeah, I'm sure then. Um, yeah, um, the old English dialogue written by university Scholar. And then, obviously, the script editing team looked at it. Really well, nice. This this is according to um, the age-old source of Wikipedia, so uh-huh. uh, if anyone knows any different things, let us know. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice touch. I sort of like the way it takes, it takes them as a source but not as a, as a script. It, and it takes, it takes all these myths and sort of think, picks and chooses the interesting things. And that, that's what's been happening with the Arthur myth for years. Mm. You know, everything from myths of Avalon to, um, the once and future king to, I don't know, the sword in the stone. Everyone picks and chooses what they want and sort of shapes the myth to their own end so I don't think there's anything particularly wrong. With uh, what what Merlin's doing, no, and it does it quite well. I mean, it's never at any point made me go, oh, this is ridiculous, which is exactly what Mer uh, what um, Robin Hood did when they killed Maid Marian. Yeah, so at which some point time. I went, oh, that's yeah, that you had it. <laughs> <laughs> that was where I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that was, and I was like, and, if, and I'm sure if Merlin turned around and killed Gwen, you know, in the middle of the second season, I'd have probably gone. Yeah, you've had that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because. I mean, I don't mind changing it, I don't mind killing characters off, um, but you've got to do it in a way that fits and I didn't feel that did in Robin Hood and I just went, no, I'm not watching that anymore. Um, and from what I know of it, it didn't get any better, did it? So, um, so I, you know, I don't have any problem with them changing or adapting you know, the myths, but I think it does it really well. it be well, interesting um, to see what they do with the fifth series. Yeah, I just to say, I hope that the fifth series continues sort of improving on what the fourth series has done. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to look forward to see see what happens yeah well, maybe we'll be back when is it due to air? due to air this year? Um, I really have no idea Uh cool. programme take me by surprise filming is starting in March this year some of it in Wales yeah some in Wales occasionally Wales and France I keep it's filming yeah some in France and some in Wales um, so I assume they usually air it in the autumn don't know yeah who knows we could be here this time next year discussing uh, series five yeah would be fun so uh have any thoughts to share please get in touch um on the website or on our facebook or twitter accounts and then we'll be back later in the month thanks for listening thank you bye
0: you've been listening to the impossible podcast For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening,